This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Aminio's left the building. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone! Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title. The 2021 Derby Champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Welcome to A's Cast Live here on a Tuesday, May 24th, as we'll be getting you ready for Major League Baseball between the Athletics and the Mariners and talk about everything happening in Major League Baseball. But first, before we start, there will be a little bit of a change of the show today. Uh, We will not be airing on YouTube and we'll not be on Twitter as we are all devastated and we're staying completely off social media. We'll, We'll be on We'll be doing the stream on athletics.com slash A's cast. And then, of course, we'll get into uh, A's baseball, A's total access coming up here at 540. But our hearts go out to the, the shooting at the elementary school in Texas. Absolutely devastating today that these can, things continue to happen in the United States of America. And they happen in a place where our children are, where our children go to learn, to grow, and to become better people. And a school should be one of the safest places for our children. As a father of two who has dropped uh, my kids off at school hundreds of times, And when you let your children go into school, you want to think that they are 100% protected by the time that you're going to show up at the end of the day and pick them back up. And it's it's so heartbreaking. I mean, there's so many things that you can say, devastating. It makes you angry. It makes you sad. First First and foremost, your thoughts and prayers go out to the families. And just just hope at some point this madness will stop in our country and in our world. And maybe, just maybe, for the next however long we're going to be on, that uh, we will be able to be a distraction right now for some people because every single time this happens, the way it affects all Americans, because we all know whether it's in Texas or it's been in Colorado or wherever it's been, Florida, 
California that you can know it could be in your own backyard, and it's really, really scary. So first and foremost, thoughts and prayers go out to all the families who have lost children, and I believe it's one teacher. It's the worst day ever. But we will talk baseball, and we will go forward here as the A's are in Seattle. Game two of a three-game set coming up here at 540, and a lot to get into. And we're, we're going to pivot. We were going to have, because we've already done some tapings today, <clears throat> we uh, taped Dan O'Dowd, the one-time, long-time executive general manager who I think is by far the best on MLB Network because he's the guy that, you know, it's great having hosts and it's great having former players, but there's the business side of baseball and how baseball teams are run and and how you build teams. And he was a part of that Cleveland group that built that kind of super team. You know, they never won a World Series. They had so many great players. We just had on, we still call them the Indians, but we just had on former Indian, now Guardian coach, Sandy Alomar Jr. talking about that era. And Dan... Uh, Dan's great. I think we're going to hold back because we also did Buster Olney. We all know that uh, the man crush that the commander has on Buster Olney and his show as he literally listens to the show every bit of it every single day. Is is it, I mean, like even like the, the day you were married wasn't even during the season and you listened to the show. Well, I got to get my Yankees fix. Got to know what's going on there and judge. On pace to hit well, – I found out – I didn't re- – you know, I don't – I don't get into the – a guy's on pace to to do something until someone says it. Because, like, I don't keep track of you. If you hit, like, last night, just take random player. If you hit home run number 14, I'm not in my head going, what's he on track for? Yeah. Oh, uh, fair. Same way. You know why? Because he's probably not going to end with that number of home runs. No. Do you know why? You don't, do you? I don't know why. Who is my really good friend? We have a lot of them, actually. Think of good friends in college football. Lee Corso? Not the great Lee Corso, no. Not so fast, my friend? Not so fast, my friend. I've actually oh, never. Oh, I know. Hypotheticals. My friend Jim Harbaugh once taught me while doing an interview with him. Harvey Harb said, hypotheticals, I don't deal in hypotheticals. So essentially saying you're on pace for something is a hypothetical. That is confirmed, yes. Hypothetical. So I can't live in the high. I I live day to day. I can't live in your, uh, this guy could hit 8,000 home runs because he hit four home runs in the first two days of the season. It's hypothetical. Can't do it, according to my friend Jim Harbaugh. But Buster told us today that uh, Judge is on pace right now to hit 66. It's a lot of home runs. Last person, last player to do that? Sammy Sosa. Correct. And what year? Well, how it would have had to been nine, nine, when was the, was it 97 or 98? 98 was the home run chase. So 98, 99, and 2000. Uh, I believe Three was, straight years. I believe it was 2001 he hit 60. Oh, one was the last year we had a player hit 60 home runs. And let's just – I'll pull it up to make sure and see how many Sammy hit. He might have hit like 63 that year. Well, it was Sam, a ho- Sammy hit 64, Bonds hit 73. 
Well, Bob, he did. Didn't Sammy do it three straight years? So yeah. then the home run thing started in '99. Then no, it was summer of '98. So one of those years, Sammy did. I thought he hit 63 straight years. He's the only player ever to do that. Let me let me pull up his base. I remember us talking about this before. Uh, Maybe it wasn't all in a row, but he's the only guy to hit 63 times. Yeah, right? he, he hit 66, 63, 50, uh, 64. Off year. Yeah. Had an off year at 50. He still led the league with 50. He led baseball 50 home runs here. He didn't hit 60. So you're telling me a guy's not in the Hall of Fame. All right, wait for this, people. This is a one, two, three, four, a five-year stretch. This guy is in the Hall of Fame, by the way. He, you know, you know what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Here's an eight-year stretch. Eight years is something you would not call a small sample size. Correct. Correct. Actually, you want to go, if that's eight years, how long is this? Uh, here, I'm just going to go. I'll give you the numbers from 1995. Oh, you're killing my bit here. I was going to oh. do a whole thing here. You want to do eight? Okay, go ahead. You want to do eight years, you said. Well, right? no, you expanded it to what, nine years or ten years? Uh, let me let me take that one year off. Let me. Baseball reference is uh, fickle sometimes when you try to. Uh, I did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, nine years. All right, this is a nine-year span. Actually, we're going to make it ten years. So you want the lot? You want you want? No, the I got, I got it. I don't want you doing. Don't mess anything up. In a ten-year span, not a small sample size. Sammy Sosa is not in the Hall of Fame, but in ten years, you ready? Went thirty-six home runs, forty home runs, thirty-six home runs, sixty-six, sixty-three, fifty, sixty-four, forty-nine, forty. 35. And yes, won an MVP during that time. Finished second the year that Barry Bonds hit 73. Every year he was. He made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. Okay, two of the years he wasn't even an all star. Yeah. Three two years. Year, one, one year he hit 40 home runs at 100 RBIs, wasn't even an all star. I mean, but basically. But he finished eighth at MVP voting. <laughs> He he had he had a ten year he had a ten year run which is arguably I bet if we went through this from a home run RBI perspective steroids obviously were a part of this but this ten year run that Sammy Sosa had is it the greatest of all time? Has anybody in a ten year span? Because remember he is the only guy to hit sixty three times. And you lop in a, uh, or I should say you add in a 50, a 49, another 40, two 36s. Yeah. <laughs> Has four- anybody in a 10-year span hit more home runs than him? Over this 10-year span, he had a total of 479 <laughs> home runs. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I would bet on it right now that that's the most in a 10-year span. Because Bonds after that. Most he hit was 45. Uh, yeah, the most he ever hit prior to 73 was 49. I believe he never hit 50 until he hit 73. And then, I mean, Ruth would be the only – I guess Ruth would be – we'd have to check Ruth. He'd be the only guy that would probably be able to come up with something like that. I mean, that's a 10-year that's a, that's – When in doubt, look at Babe Ruth. Yes, exactly. It's something I've learned in my, my journey of learning analytics in baseball is that Babe Ruth ends up having um, – all the best metrics. So, however you want to do your metrics, 
Uh, Babe is going to be your winner in all the major categories. Okay, from uh, 1919 to 1928, so that's 10 years, he had 450 home runs. So he's behind Sosa. But there was also years where he only hit 25 in 98 games and 35 in 110 games. Or Sosa. That, that, that is not – that's not Sammy Sosa's fault if Babe got hurt. <laughs> in the 19- it's not his fault. True. We're talking about in a 10-year span, did anyone hit more home runs than Sammy Sosa and he's not in the Hall of Fame? He's not even in the ballot anymore, right? Uh, no, he's not. Babe Ruth struck out in that 10-year span. Uh, let me just pull back up again. Babe Ruth struck out. Looks like 892 times. Sammy Sosa in that 10-year span where he hit all those home runs, 1,525 strikeouts. That's not the point of the argument here. The I know, argument I know, is home runs. I know, but it's just crazy. Look, those years where Sosa was hitting all the 60 home runs, he also struck out 171, 171, 168. He was yeah, a big strikeout, I, and he still hit over 300. I remember when people are saying strikeouts don't matter. All of a sudden, you know when strikeouts started to matter? When the, bar, when the ball wasn't going over the fence. So every year prior to 2019. So all of a sudden, ball's not going over the fence anymore, and it's like, uh, what do we do? How did I even get on Sosa? We're talking about uh, someone with Buster, I thought. Oh, Aaron Judge. Oh, Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buster made a bold proclamation earlier in the year. He said Mike Trout would hit 60 home runs this year. That's how twice I heard him say someone's going to hit 60. So what we're going to do, and because we taped uh, video with Buster, everything we did was kind of evergreen. It was about the game, and we did talk some A's, and uh, Buster is a big fan of, let's see, where did Buster go to college? Huh. Some school in Tennessee, I believe. Huh. It's like it's like the Stanford of the South is what they call it, right? Yeah. Well, they're not very good at any sport but baseball. You know what the Stan- you know what Stanford is in the Midwest? Stanford, the Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. See, because in the East you got to be Ivy League. Harvard, Dartmouth. Yeah, Yale, you got to be Ivy League. Yale. Penn. You got to be Ivy League. Cal U of PA. But outside of the Ivy League, then everybody is the Stanford of the Stanford of the South is Vanderbilt. So. Uh, you're really gonna enjoy this. We'll play it on Thursday. Yeah, we, yeah, we can play. I know it. we probably put. Did we put it out there? So some people probably expecting uh, Buster to come on. We'll replay it on Thursday for you. It's a great inter, great interview. We want you to be able to see it because we did a video and you get to see Buster. And obviously, Buster's a star in our industry and uh, had a had a lot of high praise for Tony Kemp. He did. So, so we got into some A's and we also got into A's with. Um, with Dan O'Dowd and Dan O'Dowd praising the front office, uh, talk about how tough it's going to be for the front office, but praise them and uh, had a lot of nice things about the A's to say. So, uh, and and loves some Shane Langoliers or Shay Langoliers. Yeah, Shay. He's a big. Why fan do I call of, him Shane? He's a big fan of Shay Langoliers. Shane Langoliers just sounds like a country, like hero. Shane Langoliers comes riding into town. You know, Langoliers, if you look at the uh, MLB, they updated their top 100 prospects. Shea Langoliers jumped over uh, our former number one prospect. Uh, Tyler's not number, number one anymore. He's number two in the ace system. Shea Langoliers is not number one. Is that because of age? I think it's because of the year he's having. I don't think. And by the way, I haven't listened to I haven't listened to it, and that's shame on me. And maybe I'll send it to you. Did you hear Ed Sprague on with Vinny? Uh, on Saturday? I know he did Ed Sprague, but I didn't get a chance to hear it. I mean, I can go back and grab it. I post all the pre- and post-game shows. Yeah, I want to hear this. 
and just get kind of get up to date. Uh, Vince Catroni had it for uh, inside our pregame show that that he had Ed Sprague and talked about all the minor league guys. So that that's something I would like to hear as you know we're keeping track of the minor league guys more than ever before. And Ed Sprague runs the minor leagues. If anybody's going to know, it's great because you know he was here uh, subbing for the bench coach. For Brad Osmus, I think Brad Osmus' daughter graduated from high school or something like that. That's why he was not here. I mean, Osmus is still in his early 50s, I think, or maybe uh, – how old is Osmus? That makes, that would He's make sense. older than I am, so, yeah, I, I would assume it would be high school. But you never know. Uh, he's 53. He just turned 53 last month. Well, my kids are 16, so. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you'll be on, you're on the same track. One thing in the notes today, just for our game, that kind of um, – scared me because we've been hanging on to the pitching so good and it has been for the most part A's have lost seven of their last nine games while starting pitching has posted a 6.91 ERA during that span that to me is alarming and it's alarming because if that goes south, you can't hang your hat on. Even though last night you got some offense, you can't hang your hat on on scoring a lot of runs. And obviously the last few years, home runs was a big deal, getting guys on base and hitting home runs. That's not playing this year. The lineup is just not built to do that. Now, it would be a fair criticism to say, well, what is the lineup built for? All right, that's fair, too. But I can tell you this, it's not built to hit home runs. You you don't have a bunch of guys who are going to be hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So something to hang your hat on would be starting pitching and bullpen. Where Have you updated the Bible on the – yeah, I did. Or the playbook, I should say. The Bible is my scorebook. The playbook is our show sheet. Where are we in bullpen? We're still we're still really good at six and six with a three point four zero ERA converted eleven of sixteen. Bullpen has been good, and I want to say for the most part, and and this is going to happen throughout a season, no matter what the names are on the back of the jerseys. I mean, the A's are still a four point two four ERA um, as a starting rotation. But just the last nine games, it's gone south. And if the starting rotation starts to go south at all, it's going to be really, you know, this is not going to be a come-from-behind, out-slug you group. Yeah, I mean, in the, over the last nine games, the A's have scored 26 runs, so they're averaging about 2.8 runs per game. <laughs> so if you give up, if your starting pitching gives up, you know, four runs, I mean, you're not – the math says you're not going to catch up with the amount of runs you're scoring. But uh, the bullpen's been good, as you mentioned. Um, we saw it again last night. I know A.J. Puck extended his – I heard you on postgame, but he extended his uh, scoreless streak to, what, 15 innings? Career high? Well, of course it's a career high. This is the most he's ever pitched in a season. So, of course, it's going to be a career high for him when you see those numbers those numbers move up. But they, the only thing that scares me about the starting rotation is they've given up 30 home runs already this year. That's second most in the American League. So if you can't keep the ball in the ballpark when your team's not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, that's already not a good sign. 
Now, they're, they're going to be up there in innings pits because Cole Irving goes deep in the games. Frankie goes deep in the games. Hopefully, Cap works his way back into going deep in the games. I know he pitches tonight against George Kirby, who was the uh, number one prospect pitching-wise for the Mariners coming into the year, I believe, because I think Logan Gilbert graduated. So, that'll be that'll be another exciting thing to watch tonight. Those two guys will go at it, and we got to see Julio Rodriguez last night, which, I mean, opposite field home run. <laughs> First home run at Seattle. I mean, I'm, if I'm a Mariners fan, I'd be excited for him. Because you're not getting out of Kelnick. He's in AAA. So you got to hope, if you're a Mariners fan, that Julio Rodriguez is going to be the guy for you going forward. Because it doesn't look like Jared Kelnick is uh, hitting hitting his stride just yet. But I did see an article on The Athletic that said that the lost 2020 minor league season hurt the Mariners. I, I didn't get a chance to read it. I saw the headline. Maybe that is hurting Kelnick. Who knows? But we'll see how he does in AAA now that he's back down there playing for Tacoma. I'm with you. Rodriguez is hitting 389 with three jacks and seven RBIs in his last nine games. And I like if the A's had a Julio Rodriguez, I you'd be super excited right now. Com- I completely agree. Right? I- and but for the Mariners, am I super excited? I don't know. Like, wake me up when you actually win. I mean, if I'm the Seattle Mariners, like, if I was a Mariner fan, I'd be like, oh, great, another guy you're touting. By the way, the team's 18 and 25. Oh, great, you somehow figured out how to win 90 games last year with a bad run differential, but your run, di- your run differential's bad again and you're bad again. Oh, that's right, we haven't been to the playoffs since who was, like, what, 2000? 2001. 2001? They won 116 games. That's that the year. year I got married. Uh, that was your Ichiro was a rookie and won the MVP. That's the last time they won. That's the year I got married. Yeah, that was 21 years ago. September 11th, 2001? 21 years ago. This, this is year. a long time ago these guys were in that like, – like you think about what 2001, when that was, how long ago that was. Yeah, I mean, I make the joke being a Pirates fan, though, they won 20 years without a winning season and not making the playoffs. Mariners can lose – that streak can continue this year because they're not playing – well uh, to start the year when you thought that they were going to with guys like getting the big trade for Jesse Winker, who he's, he's stunk so far for them uh, in playing in the outfield. Now he's leading off today. He's a little bit better as a leadoff hitter. Kyle Lewis is back, DHing. Uh, I want to make sure to check the – I wouldn't say star, but he's a rising star for the Mariners. He's back after having the knee issue, and I guess he's not going to play in the field anytime soon, so he's DHing. But you were you've been if you're a Mariners fan, you've been waiting for 21 years now for the Mariners to make the postseason. And you had all this excitement going into this year after you won 90 games last year, all these trades, all the young players coming up, like Kalanick and Rodriguez and Kirby and, and Gilbert and even Cal Raleigh, who coming into the game yesterday had like four hits and three of them were home runs. He had another home run uh, yesterday, so he has four home runs and and like and he has like seven total hits or six total hits. So it's just a whole wild scene. But you, what are you getting excited about if you're a Mariners fan right now? Their offense is – not bad. I mean, they scored 171 runs. That's eighth in the AL. 46 runs, 46 home runs, fourth in the American League. They strike out a ton. Uh, they, their OPS is not very good. Their pitching has been struggling. Robbie Ray was supposed to be the excitement for you, and look at look at him this year. Robbie Ray this year stinks. After getting a five-year deal for 115 million dollars, after winning the AL Cy Young last year, he has a fourth. He has a 4.77 ERA, 58 strikeouts, and 52, 54 and two thirds this year for the, for the Mariners. Last year he was 13 and seven with a 2.84 ERA, 
He had 248 strikeouts in 193 in a third innings. And his fastball velocity has dropped from almost 95 miles an hour to 93. Well, it's cold. Well, well, I mean, Shane McClanahan's still throwing hard as a lefty. Hembo told us he can even throw harder than Randy Johnson. What is that at? He plays in warm weather. Robbie like, Ray well, says it's in, cold. He plays in a dome. So, yeah. Robbie, well, for, he uh, plays in Tampa. He plays in St. Petersburg. It's warm there. I'm trying to think what else, where else is it cold right now. Uh, well, anywhere in the north, anywhere in the northeast. I'm sure Garrett Cole's still throwing hard. I mean, Robbie Ray, it's cold. That's what we heard yesterday. Where's uh, the excuse? It's cold. God, you didn't. That just went right yeah, over your head. It did, yeah. Jesus. All right, coming up next, there is a comparison in baseball that I think we need to address. And I keep hearing it all the time, and it's like, are people really, are they really, like, checking this and going apples to apples? I'll tell you what I mean next, right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, one thing that happens in baseball is that we want to compare all-time greats to players of today. And you've been seeing it lately. And I talked about, and no disrespect to anybody, right? But since, you know, we're going to talk about greatness, truly what is greatness, um, I got to tell you, I think the comparison of Juan Soto to Ted Williams is crazy. I mean, seriously, crazy. And they're talking about Juan Soto, and we had Paul Hambakides on from ESPN who said, oh, it could be $500 million. Well, you'll hear on Thursday, I got some sanity on, on this Juan Soto thing. He's not worth $500 million. I don't care what his numbers are. He's not a guy... If Juan Soto's coming to San Francisco, if Juan Soto's coming to Oakland, uh, the Bay Area isn't going, oh, my God, everybody get in the car. We're going to the ballpark. Agreed. That's not happening. He's not He's not butts in the seats. And the way they're talking about him, I'm like going, wait a minute. 
I have nothing against this kid. Like I why, why wouldn't I why wouldn't I be excited about this kid? And you should be excited. He's an unbelievable player. But to compare him to Ted Williams, are you high? Like, what do you want to – oh, look at the home runs. All right, look at the home runs and look at the walks. Juan Soto walks a lot. You got to give him that. You have to give him that. And what you're also going to have to give Juan Soto is the next couple of years of his career, he'll be able to play Major League Baseball to where Ted Williams served his country in the war and lost out great years of his career. But let's just start, right? Juan Soto got to play 116 games in the big leagues as an 18 year, as a 19-year-old in 2018. Do you know how many big league games Ted Williams played in at 19? It wasn't in the majors yet. That'd he? be zero. Yeah. Okay. Because then you're going to say, whoa, hey, hey, hey. And it's fair. Sox are worried about service time manipulation. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you got a situation where Juan Soto only gets playing 60 games or eligible for 60 games in 2020 because of COVID. Totally fair. So, Williams, what Williams missed out on at 19 – he makes up for when he's 21 years old. So they're pretty comparable in games played, right? So in this period of Williams from 20 to 23 years old and Soto from 19 to 23, Soto played in 507 games while Ted played in 586. Now that's going to play a little bit for Soto because Juan hit 106 home runs during that time. Ted hit 127, but he played more games. Juan had RBIs 325. Ted had 515. See, where they want to compare Soto is with walks. Yeah, I have it right here. And home runs. Go for, ahead. Go ahead. This is silly. This is, this is from Hembo on Twitter a few uh-huh. days. This is a couple about a week ago. First 500 games, Ted Williams, 108 home runs, 411 walks. Juan Soto, 106 home runs, 401 walks. Do I need to give you – now, does he have RBIs on there? No. Why? I don't know. He's had home runs and walks. Because they're not close. Yeah. Does he have batting average? No. You want to know the difference in their batting averages? Probably at least 30 or 40 points. 30 or 40? Well, I'm I'm, I'm playing – 30 or 40 I'm playing the, to the bit because I know the number already. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what a good partner does. Okay. Juan Soto's batting average, 296. What do you think Ted Williams is? 347. 356. It's over 50 points higher. OPS? This this OPS number, which means so much to everybody, that means basically nobody really wants to talk about the slug with the on-base with Williams and Soto. They'll talk on-base because Soto walks a lot, but they don't want to go to the slug because slugging, not only does Teddy Ballgame get on-base, <laughs> Teddy Ballgame slugs, and he slugs a lot. Uh, Teddy Ballgame has a 1,123 OPS, 
which, by the way, should favor Juan Soto in less games. Because now we're talking percentages. Yeah. Right? Less games should should help him percentage. Soto's not even in the ballpark. He's at 968. Yeah, that's his career because he's only played in how many? 507 games. These are both there from 19 to 23. Now he still has a lot left to do as a 20. But really, he only has a lot to go down if, you, if we're looking at percentages. Ted was 1,123. I mean, that's smoking him in OPS. You want to go OPS plus? Juan Soto, OPS plus, 159. Ted Williams, 190. I can go metrics. I can go traditional. It's not even close. There's one thing that you can make the argument about Juan Soto over Ted Let's Williams. Let's go doubles. Once again, Ted's a slugger. 99 doubles for Juan Soto. Ted Williams, 154. You can't even... You can't even... You can't even put them in the ballpark together. There's one thing you could say that Juan Soto in his young career has done more than, well, Ted Williams ever did. He won a World Series at least. I I'm surprised I haven't heard that argument yet. Well, Juan Soto won a World Series. I think Juan Soto is a tremendous player. I think he could be the best player in baseball for years to come. But I think the comparisons to Ted Williams are a bit premature because of we can't compare eras in football, basketball, or hockey but it's okay to do it in baseball. How, how does that make sense? I can't compare Steph Curry to Michael Jordan or anyone else or Tom Brady to Dan Marino and John Elway because it was different eras. They didn't throw the ball as much then. In hockey, well, you can't do it because no one's going to ever pass Wayne Gretzky in anything. He has more points and more assists than people have points uh, in their career. So I don't think anyone's going to come close to what he did. he's done. But you, you, we talk, I'm told all the time you can't compare eras in other sports, but it's okay to compare you know, uh, a guy from now – I'm like, I'm Mike Trout to, to Mickey Mantle. Well, what about the Eras? I thought the Eras were different. They're different. The game was different. They played less games. Different game, different game, different ball. But it's okay to compare Ted Williams and Juan Soto, but I can't do Mike Trout and someone else. Everybody wants to compare him to Ted, and it just kind of shows that if Ted played today, now you could say Ted faced different type of pitching. Not everybody was throwing – the, the velocity, you didn't face as many pitchers. But if you're going to compare, and you think Juan Soto's worth $500 million, what what would what would a guy with – and once again, we've – even after Ted – even after Ted retired, which guys still in that generation never put up numbers like him. Like, even after he came back from the Korean War in his last year, I, how old was he when he hit 39? Home runs his last year's his last year thirty nine. Uh, Ted Williams at thirty nine. He had twenty six. He played till he's forty one. He had twenty nine home runs his final year. Forty one years. Okay, twenty nine. He's forty one at twenty nine, right? So I, there was still players who could have hit four hundred or put up his numbers facing the same kind of p- pitching he faced in his era, and they didn't. He clearly stood out amongst the players he played against. Well, that's another thing, too, that no one, no one ever likes to bring up. Uh, Juan Soto never hit 406 in a season like Ted Williams did. Ted Williams hit 406 in a season. Dude, and that, Juan Soto can't even hit 300 in a season. He's having a – he's having a – besides home runs this year, he's – I mean, he has eight homers. In he's a, hitting 245. Yeah. And I, I, I will – 
I will say I'll give people the argument of he's okay. hit three hundred in one full season. He had three thirteen. Respectable. He had a very good COVID year, but I mean that's sixty games, so it's. People talk and about- I'm not trying to crap on Soto. He's a terrific young player. He is. I mean, but they're trying to say like five, like what, what, you know what I would like to get somebody who's a big merch person and say Juan Soto, I mean, we're not, we're, the days of the big cable deals are probably gone. And you're not making, you're not making your big money off of, uh, off of Apple or Hulu or Amazon or Peacock because of one player. You're doing that because of platforms and games. So how much merch would you have to, like, what would have to happen to make a guy worth $500 million for your organization? It's, it's an how out- many jerseys do you have to sell? How many Juan Soto jerseys <laughs> do you have to sell? Because, you know, part of the problem is, you know, baseball does a lot of sharing of a lot of different things. So how much would – like, what, what, what's your return on – and you'll hear that from Dan O'Dowd on Thursday. What's the return on investment to make somebody worth – I mean, even what Trout's making. But, I mean, if Boris – if this is if – you're, if you're saying you got three years left of this guy, right, three years? Yeah, he's afraid he's in 2025. So you got this year, next year, and 2024. And they're saying, trade him now. If I got to trade him now or pay him, like, what would I have to pay him? And, and like, what could he bring me back? Like, what makes Juan Soto so great that I'm going to I'm gonna make my money back? Or do you just not care about that? Probably you don't care. But, if, but remember, the Nationals are supposed to get a new owner. So the new owner is going to want to care about that, for one, because the learners are, right, it's the learners that own the Nationals. They're willing to, I guess they want to sell or whatever's going to happen. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that as much as – other people do, but with Soto, now the Nats aren't very good. I mean, I think we can, we, I think we can say that they're not very good. I don't think you're going out yeah. on a limb. Yeah. I mean, the eight home runs and 13 RBIs, they're not very good. There's no one on base for him. And now Josh Bell's having a decent year, but his numbers are, are down. But I, I think that he is a great player, but I don't think he's going to end up in Washington D.C. Now that's just me. But he, because remember the rumor was in the offseason he turned down three hundred and fifty million dollars or whatever the deal was. But now, would I be more more willing to give him the Fernando Tatis deal, knowing what he's already accomplished over Tatis? Absolutely, because Fernando, as great as he is, doesn't stay healthy. Point in case, right now, what what's he doing right now, Tatis Jr.? How's he doing this year? Uh, he's taking BP. Yeah, he hasn't even played yet. So, now Juan Soto in his career, what, I don't think he's really even ever been hurt. He's played 160 games out his first year, 150, 47 in the COVID year, 151 last year, 43 this year. So, he's pretty, he's pretty durable. Where Tatis is, I would, have, I would give him the money if I'm the Nationals right now, but they're not going to because they, they don't know. I think it's going to be they don't know what they want to do with the ownership. What, and, like what? Like what? what? The, the, the 300, I would have taken – the 350, I think, was a fair offer to him. In baseball terms, yes. yes. In business terms, it's still stupid. Well, because I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I like how, how we've got what one guy who has signed a mega free agent deal like this, like mega free agent deal. Like we can go back through the hundred million dollar guys to the two hundred million dollar guys, but. We're talking. We have a very small sample size because I know you love your sample sizes 
of the 300 million guys. Mookie Betts is the only 300 million guy to bring home a ring. But he wasn't a free agent either. He's a trade. So I mean that, but you're right because. But no, I'm saying three hundred. I mean, oh, this signing million, the yeah, contract. Yeah. I didn't, because Stanton hasn't done it. Harper hasn't done it. Machado hasn't done it. Cole hasn't done it. Tatis. Tatis. Um, Trout. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we're forgetting another guy that's in there. Lindor. Somewhere. Lindor. Yeah. So those guys. So have, one one guy one of the three hundred million club plus guys only one's won the World Series. And Mookie's actually having a. I think he's actually having a decent year. He's rebounded. Mookie right now is hitting 280, 10 home runs, 26 RBI. I mean, that's the batting average is a little low for Mookie, but the rest of his numbers are pretty standard. He has a solid war so far this year. He almost has a – how many years has he been in the league? Mookie has a – he's been in the league for nine years. He could be a Hall of Famer if you base off 60 probably in another year. I know the whole war thing, I, I don't get it. I don't get why – some guys' wars, you'd think their wars way higher, and you think of Mookie Betts like Mookie Betts has only 188 career home runs. I mean, Sammy Sosa's doing that in two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, this well, and yet this guy's this guy's war is already 52, and he only has 188. Well, I mean, I know he's great defensively, and that helps, but yeah, great. You know what? Fabulous. You're oh, your your right field defense. If you're not an up the middle guy. He's got only 593. Think about this. And this is what gets me about war. Great example. Mookie Betts has 188 career jacks, 593 RBIs. He's entering his 30s. So we know he's getting to that point where the best is not behind him yet, but it's soon. Mookie Betts at the end of his career is going to be what? Just around a thousand RBIs, guy. Yeah, but his but his war, but his war will be so high. His war will be like, like seventy or eighty. <laughs> and he played for two iconic big money franchises, so it's like at least with like Juan Soto right now to defend my guy Juan Soto. Uh, I can say Juan's playing in a lineup that's got no, nobody. Mookie Betts will never say that in his career. Well, that's well. No, I will never disagree with you on that. Mookie Betts has played in a total offensive ballpark for a right-handed hitter in Fenway, with the bouncy ball. I mean, his numbers, two ninety-six. Huh? I mean, nothing stands out. Like what really stands out about Mookie Betts? OPS oh. does. Oh. Mookie's hit a three-run homer against Juan Soto in the Nationals, too, as we're talking about it. He's better than Juan Soto. <laughs> but, I mean, does anything stand out to, like, do you want me to bring Ted Williams back up? No. We're, now we're talking about iconic Red Sox outfielders. Ah, uh, but Mookie, look at the war. Look at his uh, – what was Ted's war? Like 123 or something. I might have been higher. I might be shortchanging him. Uh, it was only 122. Oh, it's close. That's a pretty solid. Mookie's not even half of that yet. Um but yeah, Mookie has a three-run homer for the Dodgers. Now hit his 11th. Dodgers beating the Nationals 5-3 in the nation's capital. But we did it the other day. Remember, we were talking about how many big free agent con- big free agent contracts signed one on to win a World Series with that team. And like, I think we came up with the guys like, what, Teixeira, CeCe Sabathia. And those are guys both the same year with the Yankees. But the, the list of guys that signed mega free agent deals in the offseason – I mean, we just mentioned all $300 million guys were free agents. None of them's won a World Series yet. Not one. 
now Tatis obviously is a resigning, and Mookie was a trade and resigned. But the rest of those guys, Manny Machado, he might be the best player in baseball right now. If you look at his numbers, purely his numbers, he could be the MVP in the National League. He's never won a World Series. He's never even gotten there. Padres, well, they did go to the they go to the NLCS. Look out for Bob Melvin and the Padres this year, though. Look yeah, out because uh, that team that you were touting, your best friend Farhan and the Giants aren't. Oh, aren't uh, don't get me started with them. I have a bone to pick with with, with our friend Cappy. Oh, wow. There's the, the, the best beard in the business? Best beard. and Well, I mean, he's the most ripped manager I've ever seen in my entire life. He might be the most ripped head coach, manager in, in the history of sports. Let me just get into this real quick, and I'll just give it to you because last night, Yes, it was May 23rd. Luis Gonzalez, not that Luis Gonzalez. I mean, one of the greatest walk-off great hits off Mariano Rivera's. Friend of the program, Luis Gonzalez, because Bob Melvin introduced us to him. Yeah, 21 years ago he did that. Well, it would be 21 years. That was 21 years ago? That was 01, yeah. 01, yeah. So Luis Gonzalez of the Giants, their outfielder, he has pitched several times already this year. For the third time in nine days, Luis Gonzalez ended on the mound last night. He took over in the top of the ninth to save the bullpen. Becoming the first Giants position player in recorded history back to 1906 to pitch in back-to-back games. Now, he entered the night with three and a third scoreless innings under his belt and quickly got Lindor and Pete Alonso, the polar bear who's having a great year out. But he threw 19 pitches after throwing 16 the day before. There's been 15 position players to pitch right this Trust me, I went back and looked. But we have all these pitchers. Why are, is Gabe Kapler throwing out a position player? For the third time already, this guy's pitched. You know who I'm not afraid of? Who? Who has the meanest stare of all time in Oakland A's history? Dave Stewart. You're right. You think I'm afraid of him? You think I'm afraid of him? Yes. Well, we'll see tomorrow because guess who's hosting A's pre- and post-game live on NBC Sports California tomorrow? You are. And guess who I'm doing it with? Stu. And guess who I can't wait to challenge? On the integrity? About how he came at me. That guy, A's Hall of Famer Dave Stewart, came at me about the whole unwritten rules. I can't wait. Stu's got to be with me for like three. I hope the game's three and a half hours tomorrow. (laughs) And he's got to sit with me for I'm going to be like, hey, remember, uh, oh, Willie Mays wouldn't do that? How many times did Willie Mays pitch in his career? I know, zero. You talked about integrity, and you're all huffy puffy. Then, how you feeling now that the Giants have thrown out how many how many times is a position player pitch for the Giants? And you're talking about integrity of the game. I don't know if I'm able. And to work. you're worried about unwritten rules. Uh, I think for the Giants, I think Luis Gonzalez might be the only one. I can't look on this computer because I'm not logged into Stathead for Baseball Reference. But he's pitched three times already. How about Albert Pujols? He's pitched. How about Yadier Molina? Brett Phillips has pitched twice. Chad Pinder pitched in a game. Uh, Maverick Phillips not only pitched in a game, then heckled people on Twitter yeah. after. Yeah. He also made a, he also made one of the best catches of the year against the Ace in Tampa Bay as a pitcher. Might have been one of the best. Might be the best player pitcher makes all year. But if a guy bunts in the second inning when the score is already 10-1, oh, we get, now we got a problem? Yeah, I just can't stand Someone it. steals a base because they got an eight-run lead. Now we got a problem, but it's cool that, oh, Dave Stewart, we can throw all these uh, position players out there to pitch when you have 8,000 guys down in the bullpen. That's that's my thing. We have all these rules with more pitchers because of no spring training, the short and spring training and the lockout and everything. So there's 14 guys in the bullpen on some teams, and yet we're still throwing position players out there. 
Like the Giants had guys in their lineup yesterday when I was went back and looked that I've never heard of before. Like literally, guys. I think Far- Farhan called up, and he's probably going to send back down today back to Sacramento because that's that's what he does. They do that really well. I'm not going to take that away from them. Wait, they did it really well. Well, they're still doing it. This, well, they're struggling right now. They did it. See, there, there's, there's, you got to be honest. It's not working this year right now. Okay. What happened last year with the Seattle Mariners and their fun meter? Fun ver- differential. Fun differential versus their run differential. It was cute, and it worked, and they won 90 games. But the reality is you keep doing that, not going to work. Minus 25 run differential, Mariners are 18 and 25. Giants want to platoon everything and act like they're smarter than everybody else. They've lost five in a row. Still a decent record at 22-19, and 19, but they're six games back. And at home, they're just 11-11, and 11, so we'll see. And against teams that are 500, they're 500, so we'll see. Yeah, and plus, I saw someone trying to make the argument earlier on, on Twitter, I believe. Well, Brandon Belt's hurt. He's hurt every year. He's hurt every single year. Brandon Crawford last year had the highest slugging percentage of his entire career. His slugging percentage – Back to where it was every year prior to last year. Last year was an anomaly. I'm sorry. I'm not hating him because it's the Giants. It's just a fact. His numbers are back to where they were. I mean, the fact that you're not getting on that boat with the captain tells you everything you need to know (laughs) about the Giants. Coming up next, I want one player to succeed so bad, and I'm hoping it's going to turn around because the A's – Need that player to do it. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. By the way, right now on the online store for the National Baseball Hall of Fame, they've got some of the Hall of Famers jerseys up that you can buy. Some of them are sweet. So they have just put up the old school 70s green, number nine, Reggie Jackson. And it is a Nike jersey. So, yeah, you got a Rod Carew twins, a Sandberg, uh, a Ryan Sandberg cubby. How about the uh, orange, the orange Cal Ripken Orioles jersey? Stan Musial, old school Cardinals jersey. Some of these are sweet. 
Uh, a Roberto Clemente, the old school pirate, the gray. I love the Nolan Ryan, old Astros. The rainbow Astro Uni. So not all of them are there, but it's a select. I just got this email, and I went, yeah, that's pretty sweet. How come Mickey Mantle's name's on the back of his jersey, but Jeter's and Mario Rivera's aren't? I want to know, are you going to buy me this Reggie Jackson for our new studio? That would be sweet. I've been wanting to find – I've been trying to look for that same jersey for, for an ace, like the, him or Raleigh or um, who else? I, there was one other person I was trying to think. Uh, well, Eck wouldn't have worn that, but I've been wanting to get that pullover jersey forever. I it's, dig it. And, I mean, I love it. I mean, I see fans wearing it all the time at the Coliseum, and I'm like, huh. Because, you know, we play that game where we see what ace, what ace players are sitting in the stands. So, I only see Reggie. I only see Raleigh. I only see uh, Eck. Joe Rudy. Sometimes you see Ray Fossey's jersey out there. I mean, as much as I could care less about the Mariners, the Griffey jersey is pretty sweet. Well, he's like doing what, him and – Edgar Martinez are the two guys in the Hall of Fame from the Mariners? That would be it. Because Randy Johnson didn't go in as a Mariner. He had to have. What would he have gone in as? Diamondback? A D-back? Maybe. Let's see, Randy. Well, he did win. How many uh, Cy Youngs did he win with him? He won a World Series with him. Uh, yep. Yep. Oh, what if he won in as a Yankee or a Giant? A Giant. <laughs> we got, he's from, he's from uh, Livermore. And? He won his 300th game with the Giants. He went as a Giant. That's so bad. Well, apparently. Remember when they started signing contracts and they're like, Wade Boggs has signed a contract with the Devil Rays, and yes, he will wear a Devil Rays cap on his Hall of Fame plaque in baseball went, or the Hall of Fame went, yeah, we're going to start selecting <laughs> for guys. Uh, uh, where was I? I had something I was going to say about it. Now it completely slipped my mind when we were talking about Wade Boggs. And, Remember uh, people worried about that for Roger Clemens. Oh, Mike Mussina. Apparently Mussina wore like a blank cap into Hall of Fame, and that makes people wonder, like, is that why the Orioles are so mad and that's why they let Adley Rushman wear number 35 now? If you're so upset about that, I mean, come on. Does he have a blank cap? I thought I thought I heard that or read that somewhere. Let's see. I guess that would ruffle my feathers, too. He will wear neither the Yankees nor an Orioles cap on his plaque and said he will enter with no logo. Wow. Huh. Yeah, that ticked me off, too, if I was an Orioles fan. Yeah. You know what? Adley Rushman is a future Hall of Famer. You're damn Give right. Give him the number. Retire what, now. What number is it? 35. Wear it all you want, kid. I'm out. And when I'm out, I'm out. That's Stanford's own, Mike Messina. Yeah, that's kind of – now I – now I may – you know what? I may now understand exactly where Oriole fan is. We should have asked Buster about it. He was real real hot on it the other day on his podcast. But it, 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 you think about it, that used to be a big deal. Well, what are you going to have on your cap? You know, it's just like a lot of people questioned Gary Carter. And Gary Carter ended up being the Expos. But he had a fine – I mean, won the World Series with the 86 Mets and – you know, there's been, you know, what what would you have on your cap? But a lot of people talk about it with Clemens. Like, what what's he going to get? Is it going to be Red Sox? He won two triple crowns of the Blue Jays. Obviously, that's not going to be the – not going to be. But the Yankees, he's going to go in as a Yankee? It was a tremendous Astro. I'll give you one from Padre land that pissed people off. People did not want Winfield to go in as a Padre. 
Did you know that? No. That was actually – and – for the, the land of flip-flops and fish tacos to be ruffled about anything <laughs> is pretty ridiculous. But this is my family, and they were all bent about it. Because Winfield, for me growing up in San Diego, Winfield and obviously my family because of my grandfather and, and the um, affiliation with the Padres late in his career, we still uh, had a lot of that juice back then. Um he was like old. I was so young, I hardly remember Winfield. Yeah, Winfield Winfield became a Padre when I was one years old. And he left when I was a little kid. So, like, I, like Ozzy was a little more because that was a little bit later before they traded him for Gary Timbleton. But I was eight years old. I don't know about you guys, and I know that some of you sports geeks um, – really will fight this to the end of your your existence. But you try and fight like you remember everything as a little kid. I, as a little kid, spent a lot of time playing baseball and being outside and riding my bike and all the kids in the neighborhood. And we literally played baseball, football, and basketball every day. Um, but then, and, and if I remember correctly, in the 70s, a lot of games weren't even on television. But, but I guess for other people... And maybe I need to we me maybe I need to understand this a little bit better, even though I still want to call BS because I remember what my kids were like at eight years old. Like I can ask my kids now, hey, remember this? No. Hey, you remember that? No. And they're now sixteen and they don't remember stuff at eight years old. But you as a grown man are gonna remember eight years old what happened at a game at the Coliseum. I I I'm not really buying it. I watched the game back already, frame by frame, so I remember everything. I mean, I've had people call me on the post game show, and and I call I call them sometimes. I call them on it if I'm depends what kind of mood I'm in by the end of the night after I've been working all day. I'll kind of call people on it, going, "You don't remember? I do too remember." I'm like, "Really? You're seven years old?" So Winfield to me, I hardly remember. And then he left to go to New York. And obviously, 3,000 hits, uh, all the home runs, the doubles, the RBIs, everything. I mean, Winfield was a great player. Uh, people always thought he'd go in as a Yankee, but he hated the Yankees and George Steinbrenner. So he didn't really have a place to go back to but San Diego. And people in San Diego wanted Tony Gwynn to be the first Padre to go in. And Winfield took that thunder. First world problems, of course. I think that's so silly. You should be happy of a guy going in from your team that you rooted for going into the Hall of Fame. But he's a guy that left. That happens. Free agency changed the sport. But back then, it was different. If you think people were pissed about Musina in what year? Uh, what, God, when 90 he, something? It might have been like 99 going in. We're talking 1980 when free agency is new. This is like you want to talk about someone leaving you for any males or females out there listening. When someone leaves you for somebody else, it hurts. 2001 was uh, Moose's first year with the Yankees. Okay, we're talking 1980, 21 years prior. Free agency is new in the world of baseball, and someone's leaving you. That hurts. Someone basically just went, eh, I'm done with you, small fry. I'm going to the big time. And then once the big time chews you up, spits you out, now you want to come back. 
You went to the old big city, and then now you want to come back home. Well, home doesn't want to accept you anymore. I can totally see why. Now, I, I, I've lived in the Bay Area since I was out of high, basically out of high school, for God's sake. So I've lived here my, entold, my, my entire adult life. So, But I remember how my brother and people felt like it was basically screw Winfield. Why do we want him representing the Padres? I, that makes sense. Like, would you really want Reggie Jackson to represent the A's in the Hall of Fame? Reggie might be different. He did win three World Series here. <laughs> Reggie might be different, and those A's players might be different just because of how bad Charlie Finley was. I mean, he didn't leave. I mean, he got traded, but, I mean, Ricky left several times. But he was traded. Well, didn't he leave as a free agent a few times, though? Maybe he was traded all those times. I he have, was traded, then traded, and then traded back. Yeah, but I'm talking, about, back. I'm, I'm talking about after he signed well, the record I, well, deal. And he was a free agent because he played till he was 80 years <laughs> old, for God's sake. So, how many times? I mean, is Ricky Anderson the most free agent of all time? Most times testing free agency? He might be. Mariners legend, Red Sox legend, Dodger legend, Padre. Padre legend. Who else did he play for? Blue Jay legend. Blue Jay. <laughs> He was traded there. Yeah, I think. Uh, How many times was he traded? Ricky Henderson. Talk about going into a deep dive. Uh, let's see. Pete. He was traded a lot. He was traded in New York, then traded back to New York. All right. Let's see. Ricky Henderson traded by the A's to the Yankees, traded by the Yankees to the A's, <laughs> traded by the A's to the Blue Jays. Uh, was a free agent in 93, signed by the A's. Was a free agent in 95, signed by the Padres. Traded by the Padres to the Anaheim Angels. I forgot Angel. <laughs> Anaheim Angel great Ricky Henderson. Uh, free agent in 97, signed with the A's in 98. Wait, wait, wait you, you skipped over. Traded to the Padres. Trade from the Padres to the Angels. Yeah. They got a player name later, and they're talking about the okay. player. Yeah. Okay, okay. Signed with the A's in 98. Granted free agency. Signed with the Mets. Released by the Mets. Signed with the Mariners. Granted free agency, signed by the Padres, then signed with the Red Sox, then signed with the Dodgers. So he was traded one, two, three, four times. Right? One, yeah, it's four not times. as much as I thought. But like I said, a lot of free agency. Yeah. So when you're ever looking back at the greatness that is Ricky Henderson, you can just always remember Red Sox, Mariners. Padres. Padres, Dodgers. Mets. Uh, who's the Long Beach team he played for? The uh, Seal, not the yeah, Seals. Yeah, yeah. The Surf. The no, he played for the San Diego Surf. That was some team in North County, San Diego, <laughs> and then played for the Long Beach team. By the way, Pache, you know things are going bad when how hard the broadcasters are rooting for your hits. You had the flare two games ago up the middle. You had a base hit last night. He brought had, in two runs. He 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 had the hit. He had the foul ball down the right field line, and Glenn and Dallas were begging for that thing to drop so bad, <laughs> right? They're literally like, oh, like because you know you you're going to invest so much time, so much energy. He's this. No matter what happens, and hopefully Langoliers comes up and he's brilliant, but. Pache is 
the 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 main prize out of at, out of the Olson Matt Olson trade, and just the numbers this month are just bad. Last twenty one games, he's hitting point zero nine eight six for sixty one. Those the last two games he has two hits. Those two hits have brought him up dramatically. That's how bad he is that two hits can bring him up that much. But this is where the rubber meets the road. Pache's on base percentage is 197. His OPS is 434. Both of those are the worst in Major League Baseball for anybody with 100 or more plate appearances. You think of all of the players in Major League Baseball who have played this year, have donned the uniform and have stepped to the plate 100 times or more, he's the worst in on-base percentage and the worst OPS. That is really, really bad. It's alarming bad. I mean, nothing would thrill me more tonight. Like, we could talk about A.J. Puck, and I'm going to stay strong with A.J. Puck on my belief that this year for him is just about staying healthy, and I will, um, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll stand by it. I don't care what 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 AJ Puck so much does stats wise. I just need him to be healthy. I know he's got a brilliant arm, and once you start seeing him attack people, he's un. you know, he can, you know. He can be unbelievable. I don't know if he'll ever be a starter. I don't know when they try and convert him back to a starter. But right now, the fact that he takes the ball and shows up the next day and doesn't go on the IL, and that keeps happening, we're at the quarter point, that's a good sign. Pache, though, I wanted to run him out there every day. But at some point, you're not competitive. And when you have the lowest on-base percentage, what does he do? He doesn't get on base. Because you want him to do what? Walk. You want him to get on base. And right now, he doesn't get on base, and OPS is on on base and slug. It's not a good look. What what else you got? Well, I was just looking up because people – I've seen this um, talked about a lot, and his OAA, his outs above average – He's one of the best outfielders. He's actually the third best outfielder when it comes to that statistic, which is just, um, it's it's a defensive stat that measures your catch probability and just how great of a uh, you know. Let me look up the true definition because I'm not sure everyone um, understands what it means. Outs above average is a range metric, range based metric of skill that shows how many outs a player has saved. So essentially, it, it in, includes um, your catch probability. Catch probability is a big thing, like how. How, how essentially how mu- how good of a catch did you make make you know, a, a difficult catch make look easy? He's the third best player with a statistic. Um, the only people ahead of him in the outfield are friend Brett Phillips and Jake Marisnik of the Pirates. So he's at five. The, le- the league leader is Jonathan Scope, the second baseman from the the from Detroit. He has eight. So he's good on defense. I can't take that away from him. Um, he has three defensive runs saved according to Baseball Reference. That's pretty solid so far this year. But you're you're right. I mean, for a kid that's 23 years old and all those offensive numbers, and for how fast he is, uh, this is what blows me away. 
for how young or young he is and how fast he is, he does not have a career stolen base. Well, can, can I also bust out a little wisdom here about your uh, outs above average? Yes. And no offense to you know your great research there, but what the hell does a ba- a outs above average matter when you're ten and a half games back? I think I think it's used as a statistic to try to build up why a player is still valuable if he isn't hitting. Just like we look at the you still look at defensive runs saved and I would grant you that if you're playing for the Astros, the Angels. The Twins, the White Sox. I grant you that if he was a Yankee or a Blue Jay or, or a Ray. That's why you can make that argument. I'm not done. I would grant you that if he was a Met. I grant you that if he was a Brewer, a Cardinal. And I grant you that if he was a Dodger, Padre, I'll even say a Giant. And I'll even go Tory Lovello, our guy, former A, managing friend of the program for the Snakes, who I'm proud of them are 22 and 22. Yeah, if you're on a team that's winning and has a chance to win, that matters. Uh, On a team that is a loser of three in a row, 17 and 27, and 10 and a half games back, I, I love the fact you could give me defensive metrics all day long, but this team that is, do we have to go to the offensive statistics? the offensive statistics of this ball club. A's offense. They've scored one run or less 16 times this season, 28th in runs, 29th in home runs, 30th in average, 30th in on base, 30th in slugging, 30th in OPS. Do I need to keep going? No. I mean, so uh, it's great that he's good defensively, but where the A's need help and need him long-term They need offense. He's got to hit. He's not going to stay out in center field and go months where he hits under 100. That's not not going to work. Yeah, and that's not good for his confidence either. Now, I do think I could see, and I hate being the guy that's on the fence saying I could see it both ways, but I could see the argument of sending him down the AAA. You hate it, but you're going to be that guy. I'm going to be like, let's like, no disrespect, but I'm going to disrespect you real quick. Um, (laughs) Sending him to AAA. No offense. Yeah, yeah. No offense, but I'm going to offend you. Uh, sending him to AAA might actually help his confidence because we know the ball flies down in uh, the Pacific Coast League or AAA West, whatever we call it now. And Fran Reardon, we know what he could do with an offense. Fran can get can get the uh, boys swinging the lumber well. I mean, Shea Langelier is a second in all of AAA West, Pacific Coast League, and home runs behind only one other player with 11. So maybe that does help him go down there. You can put You can put Ramon back in center field when he's ready to come back. You can and you can set your outfield up that way, and then maybe he gets some confidence. You bring him back in a month or so and see what he does. I mean, Jim Leland told us about it about sending players on. He had to send some of the best players down before. All right, do you have the cut? I do. Let me. Where is my guy smoking, Jim? Here's what Jim Leland, friend told of us. the program, by the way. This is what Jim Leland told us. Uh, what is it, a couple weeks ago when the A's were playing Detroit about sending players down to the minor leagues. Well, I think one of the keys is that you want to make sure that he's the kind of player. If it gets so bad that, because I've always believed this, if he's the real deal, you can at some point send him down if you have to. And if he's the real deal, he will come back and he will come back strong. I sent down some great players in my career. 
good players for sure. Not all great, but some really good players that everybody said, oh, you're worried about, you know, messing them up mentally by sending them down. I said, listen, I, I don't believe in that. They got to be tough mentally to play in the big leagues. And if that's going to bother them or ruin their career, then they got a problem. They're never going to make it anyway. So I think, you know, you, you just, you play them as much as you can. If there comes a juncture where you say, you know what, this, this kid's just getting beat up so bad. We got to get him away from it. Let's send him down to AAA. That's not all so bad. I mean, I know the player doesn't want to hear that and hopefully that doesn't have to happen. But, uh, I, you know, I don't really know much about the Oakland A's anymore, but I do know this, that I did hear from a lot of good baseball people that they really made a good trade when they traded Olsen and they really got some talent back. So I, I assume that's one of the kids that they got back. And, uh, you know, Oakland's got a pretty good track record. You know, not a big payroll over the last, I can't tell you how many years, but I competed against them for a long time. Very respectful of Billy Bean and that organization and what they've done. They've made a lot of good decisions, and they're normally right in the hunt. They're probably not going to be this year, but they're normally right in there going to postseason or close to it. Smoking Jim, giving love to the front office right there, and he's right. It's just I, – I, well, first of all, I want to say this. I think he's dead right about Pache. I think Pache needs to go somewhere to get some confidence. Send him down. I You can't tell me what we have seen at this level that he's done everything he can do in AAA. I'm not buying that. I think, I think going down and getting some confidence and stop telling me that he's hit a bunch of ground balls hard and go, his barrel rate. He's been an easy out. I mean, you're not lying. I mean, you're telling the truth. He has been. I mean, I know that he does hit the ball hard. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. But if you're not, if they're not falling for hits, I don't care. Like there are guys that hit the ball hard and get base hits. Like I know we're we're trying to build up the confidence on him, but I mean, I don't. I mean, you're right. I mean, those numbers, the OPS and everything, just being so low. I mean, it, 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 it's what like we were joking about, and we'll get into it because we're running out of time, right? Yeah, we only have like a minute or two. Um. ERA versus expected ERA. Oh, Alex Cobb. Expected ERA is always – it's like, okay, your ERA sucks, but what you can control, what we deem you can control, we're going to convert into a metric called expected ERA. This is what your ERA should be, even though it's X, it should be Y. And I, I – that's like doing business with my brother. Well, we should be doing that, but what's our bank account say? What does the bank account say? I don't care what the bank account should have said, what it should say, and what future revenues should be. Tell me what it is now, because what matters to me is what's in the bank account now, right? That's what it is. And to me, when guys don't have good numbers and you've got to go to a certain metric, like his barrel rate, his barrel rate, you're trying to make an excuse for why a guy doesn't have good numbers. So you're using one metric to say, well, in this metric, Alex Cobb's a great example, has a horrible ERA. Everybody starts saying, yeah, but his expected ERA, and then he goes out last night and gets trounced. Yeah, give up six runs. I think. He has a 6.25 ERA on the year, but his expected ERA is supposed to be 190. They gave up six runs last night. Well, And what's it now? Uh, well, it's ERA now 6.25. And it's expected it's supposed to be 190, but last night I read in an article 
well, he gave up six runs, and he just has really bad luck. You gave up six runs. How's that bad luck? And they were earned. How's that bad luck? You're trying to make an excuse for a bad number. Exactly. Politicians do this all the time. Politicians have bad stuff go on, and politicians will spin it. You know, it's what politicians do. Hey, why do we have record gas prices? Well, there's always excuses why. Why do we have record inflation? You weren't even around for Jimmy Carter, and I barely, I was a little kid, I just remember how bad. The the peanut farmer? The peanut farmer. I mean, he's a great man. I mean, he's done a lot for a lot of people, but, I mean, I just remember waiting in gas when I was a little kid. I mean, why is it bad? Well, there's all the excuses, but you turn and go, whatever, it's still bad. You know, your batting average stinks. You don't hit home runs. Oh, but, but, his barrel rate. Oh, his expected ERA. Well, expected ERA doesn't win me anything. His ERA, if it was lower, would win me something. Exactly. If he, if Alex Cobb had a 190 ERA, he wouldn't have a 625, and the Giants wouldn't be three games over. Statistics lie, and liars use statistics. You use that line a lot. I didn't make that up. <laughs> I wish. Who, who made that up? I don't know. That's, that's, that takes us down a rabbit hole. All right, a rough day today, obviously, in our country with what's happened in Texas. And once again, our hearts and our prayers go out to the children. And it looks like one teacher now. It's just absolutely horrific. And if we could in any way have been a distraction for you today, hopefully we were. And hopefully that will be the uh, same thing for A's baseball coming your way. So thank you for listening to A's Cast Live tomorrow because of a day game. We don't have a show, but we'll get back to regular programming on Thursday. You'll hear Dan O'Dowd from MLB Network and Buster Olney from ESPN. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live, and we'll be back in 10 minutes with A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.